Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and the Warriors lost to the Charlotte Hornets in Steph's hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. Their winning streak was snapped, and that game was kind of ugly all around. Neither team had much of a rhythm, and the Warriors in particular, man, they just could not shoot and their defense was a little off a little porous it happens it happens you know what i mean like this hornets team was up for the warriors and even though they didn't play that great they did just enough to win my buddy aram in toronto just texted me sometimes it's just a make or miss league and the warriors missed they all missed nobody on that team except for andrew wiggins shot well from the outside Wiggins shot 12 for 19, 3 for 7 from 3, had 28 points. He kept them in this game. He did a lot in clutch moments. But all around, man, Steph Curry, he shot 7 for 22, 3 for 13 from 3. Jordan Poole, it was bad Jordan Poole tonight. He was uh, 4 for 12, 2 for 8 from 3. And the trifecta of three-point shooters off the bench, Nemanja Bielitsa, 0 for 4 overall, 0 for 2 from 3. Otto Porter Jr., 0 for 2. Both of those were three-pointers. And Damian Lee, 2 for 10, 0 for 4 from 3. All right, Damian Lee, he had been out for a couple games because I believe it was a hip issue, and he was clearly rusty. Andre Godala shot once in 25 minutes, scored no points. He was minus 11, which is really rare for him. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It happens, but... Honestly, the odds of those guys giving you barely anything are relatively low. It won't be often that the bench doesn't give you anything, like the depth that we've talked about so much. And they all just struck out. If anyone else gave the Warriors anything, if Steph shot a little bit better, if Jordan Poole shot a little bit better, if the bench guys shot a little bit better, we win this game. So it's a tough loss, like any loss is. It kind of burns because it was right there and it was in Steph's hometown and he's usually pretty good in Charlotte and he usually beats Charlotte but it's a good piece of information for Steve Kerr and the coaching staff to have handy there are going to be nights where they can't shoot and this is one of them they were facing a dangerous Charlotte Hornets team that is unafraid that has some star power and that has some really really good players these guys are on the come up I'm pretty sure You don't want to see them in the playoffs, especially 70, 65 games from now. You know, they're going to be even better. So credit to them for sticking with it. And to be honest, the Hornets got some BS calls. LaMelo Ball got like at least three really bad ticky-tack foul calls on him. And Kelly Oubre Jr., I mean, regardless of what I think of that dude as a shooter, as a basketball player... He got booted on two technicals that came like within 10 seconds of each other, maybe five seconds. I thought that was kind of unfair, but it's just a loss and hopefully they learn from it and uh, can move on. You know, this team has been so deep in this early part of the season. It feels like Kerr was just searching for people to see who could step up and no one could. You know, he's trying to figure out who is going to be the closing lineup on this team, right? He closed with Looney and obviously that bit the Warriors on the ass because Steph passed to Looney. Looney, he went up and he got fouled and he clanked both free throws when they were down by two. I was hoping at least he'd make one, but 
He clanked both, and that basically changed the whole outcome of the last 30 seconds or whatever of this game. If you're tied, obviously Charlotte has to try to score, but they just kept trying to run down the clock, and eventually you foul them. They hit both free throws, and you're down by four, and then you lose. This game was a team-wide loss. Eventually, Clay Thompson will be back. He'll be in that closing lineup, but until then, it might be a matchup-based thing. It might be based on who is playing well on a given night. Jordan Poole, sometimes he's in it, sometimes he's not. This is one of those games, like I said, is a bad Jordan Poole game. And he just wasn't trustworthy this evening. They needed someone who could score tonight, but he wasn't really doing it. He was really loose with the ball in general. So who else are you going to turn to right now? Would it have been Otto Porter Jr.? Should it have been Bielitsa? Would they have been able to defend? I don't know. Looney, we know, can defend, but he also can't jump very high and he can't hit free throws in clutch moments. So you kind of gamble with that. And maybe, maybe Steph shouldn't have passed him the ball, but he knows what he's doing. He trusts his guys. So he did. Hindsight's 2020. Foresight, a little bit fuzzier, but that's the way we're looking now. And the Warriors started out this game like they usually do with a bunch of turnovers. They had seven turnovers in the first quarter. And I'll be honest, I was like, okay, this is par for the course, and they'll tighten up and they'll win this game. But that never, never really happened because the defense still had some holes and the shooting never came around. But yeah, those turnovers in the first quarter, they were they were ugly, man. They were really, really bad turnovers. Throwing passes that shouldn't be thrown. <laughs> you take for granted that they will play better as the game goes on. And this one, they just let slip but it tells you something they were right there to win it regardless this was one of those games that was interesting in the fourth quarter because Steve Kerr has those new rotations right where he sits Steph in the middle of the first and third quarters for a couple minutes and then he starts the second and fourth quarters and then he sits again and then he comes back in to close instead of closing the final six minutes no matter what so it was a close game and Steph is starting the fourth quarter, and then you get to the middle of the fourth quarter, and like, what are you going to do? Are you going to take him out and hope that the rest of the squad who hasn't been playing well can sustain, can hold it down? Or do you play him and just end up overplaying him too many minutes? Exact opposite of the whole point of his new minutes schedule. But Steve Kerr sat him for a couple minutes, and then he came back in. It didn't really make a difference. And who knows? If it were the old rotations... Maybe, maybe Steph closes out a little bit better, but he wasn't shooting that great all night. You can make the argument that like the more minutes you have him on the court, the better the Warriors' chances are. But listen, the Warriors had every chance to win this game, but they didn't hit shots. They turned the ball over early and they just got beat. They got beat by the Hornets on the Hornets' home court. So, so you move on. At the outset of this road trip, I was like, hopefully they come home three and one it'd be awesome if they came back four and oh but you know obviously that is not going to happen so if they come back two and two that's okay we'll see how that goes they could still come back three and one during the phil jackson bulls days during the second three-peat phil jackson would look at like a long road trip and just be like okay say it was a five-game road trip let's just win it let's win the road trip let's come back three and two you know so for this one hey let's come back Three and one, two and two. Okay, you can live with that. But yeah, Looney's free throws at the end of the game, they 
just killed me. You know, I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, he is who he is and Warriors fans love him. Well, some of them hate him, I guess, but I don't remember the last time he had pressure free throws. So I guess that's a good test to some extent. It's been rough this season because he has no lift. He has no athleticism. Everyone knows to wait for his pump fakes. Now, if he is going to shoot, it is like, oh, come on. You know, if that were, say, a seven foot, 20 year old, super athletic kid, maybe he dunks that <laughs> instead of catching it from Steph and then pump faking and pump faking. Maybe Steph throws it up higher and Wiseman throws it down. But hey, I'm sure he'll get those opportunities down the road. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Some positives. I'll start off with Andrew Wiggins. I think he seems to have found something along the way after that Wolves game. It's only been two games, but he has continued to play with aggression. He continued to attack. He continued to shoot. He continued to assert himself. And like I said earlier, he was the guy that was scoring for them when they were going through their worst droughts in this game. The reason why this game felt like one of those games that the Warriors were like kind of like hanging around in that they would eventually pull out was because of Andrew Wiggins. He went at people and again, as an overall sign... That's that's a positive. That's good. So I'll take that. It's almost like the Warriors hypnotized Wiggins into thinking he's playing the Timberwolves every night, which if they haven't done that, they should actually do that. Jonathan Kaminga, the man that everybody's starting to love as they should. I mean, he, again, had a good night. He played in the rotation. You know, he's taking minutes from JTA and he's taking minutes from some of the other bench dudes, but he played 10 minutes. Four for six from the field, one for three from the free throw line. He's got to work on that. But he had five rebounds, two steals, one block, and he was plus 11 for nine points. He had zero assists, but I can count at least two that were really good passes. And one was a layup that I believe was flubbed. And then the second one was he found, I believe, Andrew Wiggins in the corner for a three. It was a nice pass. It was a good read, but Wiggins just clanked it. And Kaminga was awesome, man. Like, he, he's showing what he can do defensively each game. He guarded LaMelo. He pressured him on the perimeter. He tied him up, got a turnover. That led to that uh, Steph over-the-head pass to Jordan Poole for the dunk on the break. And he bodied up people down low. He got a couple good rebounds. He looks like he knows what he's doing out there. And he should be the poster boy for the G League Ignite because I guarantee you that playing in a pro-style system 
against aspiring and former NBA players helped him way more than playing college basketball. Not true for everybody, but definitely it seems like it was true for him. He knows where to be, you know, and on defense, he doesn't get lost. I'll be honest, that dude is going to be a hell of a closer someday. He got a couple of fast break baskets, you know? I mean, once that dude gets ahead of steam, he's going to be unstoppable, like legit. Once he perfects a Euro step or something, then he'll really be unstoppable because people won't take charges as easily against him. He has so much speed and power, but also body control that he'll be an amazing weapon on the fast break for a very, very long time. But yeah, this one sucks. It sucks to take the L. Some more positives, I suppose. The Warriors will rarely shoot this badly as a collective team all on the same night. We saw on the homestand that Steph had some mediocre games, but the rest of the team picked him up. And then when Steph had good games, the rest of the team didn't really need to do too much. But there was never a game where everyone went cold and the defense wasn't airtight. So roll it back out and uh, we'll see where we can go. It's funny, right? It's like, oh, this is kind of one of those games where I miss Clay Thompson because he (laughs) would have probably hit some shots. So you can't get too upset. You can't get too mad. You know, there's another day and another game and we'll go from there. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice review. And also, check out OaklandWarriors.com for some Oakland Warriors t-shirts that we've made. And, uh, you know, they're on sale. 20 bucks. $19.99 to be exact. So take a look. Alright, that's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. And go Dubs. Go Dubs.